Hi, I'm Nicola. And I'm Jay Percy. And welcome, welcome to the, the Afro Animist Podcast. We are two animists and spiritual practitioners exploring the secular through the spiritual, discussing life experiences through a sacred lens. Each week we share our experiences and dive deep into everything in life, from philosophy, metaphysics, obeah, occultism, shamanism, culture, healing, nature, animism, the arts, pop culture, conspiracies, psychedelics and witchcraft. Nothing is off the table in these discussions which aim to get to the heart of what it means to be spiritual and Afro-diasporic in an increasingly sterile and authoritarian world. We keep it real whilst exploring the biggest mysteries of our multiverse. Join us holding this space to laugh, cry, debate, build community and tear down oppressive structures. Welcome, welcome, welcome beautiful, beautiful beings of the multiverse to the Afro-Animist podcast. You are here with me today, Jay Percy. And me, Nicola Roth. And yeah, we've already started having jokes, boy. So I'm really excited <laughs> about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a very special episode today. Um, empowering women with Aisha Deeply Rooted. Aisha Amira, founder of Empowered Queen's Circle. As a survivor of domestic abuse, Aisha wanted to turn her pain into passion and create a safe space to support women and for women to pour into themselves and help them to realise how empowered they are. Aisha held her first sister circle in her living room in 2010. Aisha was also a doula from 2014 to 2022. Her main focus was to support women during their postpartum period in the UK and also whilst living in Africa using traditional traditional African knowledge. I just want to put a pause here today. We're going to um, be using African as a, a broad, we, we are very aware Africa is not a country, we're a continent. So don't come for us in the comments. We're saying Africa because we're not being specific about a place today because we don't want to be specific about a place today. Right, continue. Aisha loves her culture and considers herself to be a multicultural individual. She is fluent in a few languages and holds a BA degree in language studies with Spanish and an MA in international relations. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Your whole, your whole journey, honestly, we are so happy to have you today because that, you're very young and you've done all of that. Thank you. Well, yeah, it, it was, a lot of there was a lot of blood sweat and tears mm. um to do it all but i did it i'd finished my master's by 24. so wow. then i had those like 10 years i'm 35 this year just what mm. i've let everyone know that um um so it's been it's been a journey but it mm. was hard because i never thought that i would actually make it to university if that makes sense okay you know with the way society was set up and the way, you know, I always felt like I weren't good enough and being told by teachers that you're never going to do well, you're never going to succeed. Um, it's just amazing to be the first person in my whole family to have a master's degree. Uh, I'm getting emotional now. Um, yeah, first person to hold a master's and then, you know, I've got other cousins that have, have followed. So. You know, just looking back, it's literally been, what is it, 
13 years now since that. No, 13, 12 years ago, I've completed everything. Mm. Oh. Um, I'm still amazed myself, but I just give thanks every day, you know, for being able to have knowledge and to grow, to share, and just to be where I am now. I'm just so thankful. You I know? think it's beautiful that you've, in what you've done, you've inspired your family to, mm-hmm. you know, you've sort of lit that torch and walked down that lengthy, often terrifying corridor and cleared a path. And that is a lot of energy. It's a lot of strength. And yeah, like you said, it, it hasn't been easy. Oh my God, more credit to you. It's something my dad used to say. Is like he said, he used to pray for himself to be the one to do the masters but he's like you know when the most high um doesn't give you your wish it means that if he doesn't give it to you then it means that you're most likely the one that you've given birth to your children are going to get that 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 wish so it was like it was his prayer that he's been praying for himself but he wasn't granted that but i was given his you know i was granted his prayer to be the person to to do that masters so it it's a lot so it's like there's, mm. there's this huge kind of thing on your head like where you're a role mm. model now mm. so it's an honor honestly I mean literally listening to you babe I am getting chills just hearing that story that, that bit of the story about your yeah. dad putting that prayer out because I'm you know in in the first 30 seconds of you speaking I'm like shit we've got like a first class cycle breaker here coming in changing yeah. things up like beca- becoming that role mod- model for the family doing the things first it's such a hard place to land such mm. an important place to land but the fact that your father started that prayer phew, that is that's deep that is like are you, so are you an eldest me. daughter yeah i'm the eldest daughter oh my god I, I i got chills as i asked that i think we can all <laughs> all three of us can sit here and go but <laughs> that um, is a job we are given a job before mm-hmm. we are born <laughs> yes, oh my gosh we are, we are given such a mammoth task it's like wow and and i realized my dad was quite hard on me when i was growing up like mm-hmm. i don't think he you know with generation with parents in the generational way like they push you to to do education but they mm-hmm. don't really explain to you why they don't explain mm-hmm. to you like this is why i want you to do well so when i was doing well at school it was because I was frustrated because I needed that extra push, but they don't see it that way. They see it as, you know, you messing about and you're not um, focusing, so you get into even more trouble. That's why mm-hmm. I kind of I thought, like, you know what, I wasn't going to make it, I wasn't going to do it because it's just, I couldn't couldn't find my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly kind of feeling, um, yeah, like, it's it's funny how my dad would pray and he was happy about it, but then he was like he was one of the people that was hardest on me the most. Um, but yeah, it's just it's weird, isn't it? It's just strange. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm just feeling how strange it is now. But yeah, I don't even know if I, what I said just made sense. But <laughs> no, no, that's the right. It it, it 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 definitely it definitely has. I I think that resonates so much and perhaps you're you're listening and you're not like you're not the eldest daughter you're not an eldest child but honestly um you you need to give grace to us (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I think there's so much of that pressure of that first child even if there is pressure on younger siblings as well 
like the amount that gets put on the eldest child, the eldest daughter, especially, so, so disproportionate. It's like all of those fears, worries, hopes, dreams yeah. are placed on, placed on that position, on that position. And it can be so much, it can, it can be so be. overwhelming. Because there was always this fear of, you know, I felt like he was so, they were, he was overprotective like mm. out of fear like I might go off the rails mm. but in actual fact I was actually a scaredy cat I was actually scared to do anything that will put me in any form of harm and danger yeah mm-hmm. but I've got an older brother as well so yeah. I felt like you know with how the way some that culturally really is run it's like the male the eldest male gets all of the attention so he's being set up to be the breadwinner he's being set yeah. up to be the example and then me being the second child, me being the female, it's like, right, I've got this expectation that I'm a female, that this is probably what my path is supposed to look like. Is when mm. I get married, I'm going to be submissive, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be like mm. that. So you've got to, you're, you're being taught to kind of be obedient to a male. So you're not allowed mm. to argue back, you're not allowed to do this, you're not like that kind of way. And I've got a younger sister who's just got, a lot, got away with everything. So she's yeah. been the youngest. So it was hard being the middle child as well. Yeah. You know, people are calling it middle child syndrome, people are calling me all sorts of things. But it was just hard. It's just you just needed that I just needed that kind of I don't know what it is, it's that, that comfort. I needed that love, I needed that support. I didn't need the harshness. Mm. I just needed someone to believe in me. And so when I did kind of decide to break tradition and study something different, it was like mm. I got a whole heap of backlash. For why would you want to study a degree in languages or what do you want to do I was like that well you know what this is the gift that God has given me yeah. like I'm not I, mean, I was going to do a science degree you know I was literally going to do um, I did A level chemistry biology and physics so I was going to do biomedical science and I was like my hands I was not in it and it mm. wasn't in it because I wasn't doing it for me mm. I wasn't doing what I was passionate about I was doing what everybody else wanted to be wanted for me to be wanted to be passionate about for me but I wasn't passionate about it so I was just you know, it got to that point where I was like, you know what, fuck it. Fuck yeah. it, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do this degree. And one of the proudest things I got was getting the first in my dissertation. That was the most proudest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that was like, mm-hmm. right, I've broken that now. Say something now. What are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? I've got to say something now. Yeah. You know, it's the same people that were saying to me, no, it wasn't just like my daddy, it was just other men as well. The same people mm-hmm. saying to me, no. And the same people that were phoning me asking me for translation. Yeah. So, so I do have benefit. I do have purpose. I do yeah. have a gift. And that's from that, that I think that was what set me off in terms of, you know, just being a rebel. I always describe myself as rebellious. Like, it set me off as being a rebellious person. I'm, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want now. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Whatever makes me happy, I'm doing it. It's wonderful. That's the way to live, man. Seriously, I think fuck it is the best mantra. Oh, <laughs> every day. Like, every okay. day. Sometimes I just I just did that yesterday. I sat in my kitchen, I was cooking food. And I think my mum was saying something. I was like, no, you know what, from now on, I just say fuck it. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> don't think about it. I don't think about you. Fuck you. <laughs> so if this has been quite a lovely jerk. I say lovely. It sounds like it's been like really tough in parts I think what I find so lovely about perhaps it's you where you've 
come to this place of taking all of this and then empowering other women? What have you enjoyed about getting deeper into, you know, your personal spirituality on this on this journey? Do you know what? It, it sort of allowed me to just be me. Mm. Because I always use the foundation of like, okay, I believe in God and all that. I use that foundation to help me with whatever I need in life. But more, more, most importantly, it was all about kind of shifting the mindset firstly mm. was the first thing that I had to do. I had to shift that mindset and say, listen, right, I need to focus on this. I need to focus on the good. I need to focus on being better. I can focus. I can do this. I need to detach myself from all of the distractions. Yeah. And with that, it helped me kind of like I literally started implementing breath work a lot more in my daily routine. Mm. And you don't realize how important things like breath work. I had the impact mm. of breath work on your mind, body, and soul. Mm. And I feel like every single time I do like breath work, I get deeper spiritually. Yeah, it opens up my mind, and I'm able to kind of connect to some sort of creativity. And then every single time I've done that, I'm like, right, notepad, journal, pen, whatever, write down those ideas. Mm. So in a way, I mean, detachment, I think I would say detachment's been the key thing for me to kind of help me get deeper spiritually. Because mm. I was distracted. Mm. About, if you put me, ask me about a year ago or two, I was just attached to a lot of things. I was mm. attached to pain. I was attached to my trauma. I was attached to this. I was, you know, it was making me anxious. It was you know, help, you're making me more like suffer from PTSD a lot more mm. and all of that stuff was practicing up but when I decided, you know what well, I'm going to detach myself away from that pain I'm going to try something different I'm going to implement these things that I used to say, no, that's not for me mm. and these have been like breath workers that's like sometimes it was just well, I can't do that mm-hmm. implementing that has just really been key so every yeah. single day, it's just something, I'm always seeing something different about myself. And I'm always able to just sit there and say, look, thank you. And you know what? The most important thing as well is um, practicing gratitude. Mm. That is important. I feel like I, I abandoned that as well. So when I, when I came back to it, even if it's just being grateful for one or two things, it's the abundance. The doors that opened, I mean, I weren't practicing gratitude as much as I was last year as a doula. And I think that was, there was a, there's a whole reason why. But as I'm doing my circles now, I'm like, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing something amazing. I'm seeing abundance. I'm seeing creativity. I'm seeing a whole new me. I'm helping people. I'm helping myself as well that's the most important thing so I've got to fill up my cup first before I can fill up somebody else's and it's yeah it's giving me that time to be still stillness as well oh my lord listen when you when you're still you hear the loudest sound uh-huh. you hear the loudest I love sound. that when you're still you hear the loudest sound oh my gosh you absolutely do it's being able to quiet the self and that's where the biggest revelations have come in for me. A hundred percent. I want to hear more about your circles, my darling. So like you say you did, you started your first one in 2010. Have you been doing it con- like consistently since then? Like what are they? I want to know. I just want to know all about them. 
So with my circles, I I had to go back a little bit. So mm-hmm. they were inspired by like the one I did in 2010 was inspired by kind of us as we got together as a group from childhood, and we wanted to get together and create something that our parents used to do. So when we were kids in the 90s, literally every weekend we were at each other's houses. It's like you'll never have a weekend of it. It's like a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you see the mums sit down in a room, have conversations, talk about things, you know, their personal lives. We can, you know, we get a glimpse of what they're talking about here and there. We're not allowed in the room, of course, but, you know, you sometimes speak in. So when we got older, you know, as we got older, our parents, you know, that things started happening, you know, gossip and all of those things really separated the circles and the way the women were together. So in 2010, we thought, right, you know what, we're going to revive this. We want to bring all the women together that we know from childhood and see if we can create something big. That was very short-lived because the same sort of energy that was trans- that transpired from the past was coming into that, so that didn't work. So I stopped, gave that a break, just carried on with my life. And then subconsciously started doing doula work. You know, before I knew it was called doula work, I started doing that. And then did that 2014, 2015, and then last 2015, 2022. And then last year, it was just like, right, a lot of stuff happened within the doula community. It's not all fine and dandy, as you see, but there is some bad side to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I don't like this energy. I don't like the negativity that in this community. I don't like women fighting women. I don't like mm-hmm. the gossiping. I don't like the bitching. I don't like this. We should not, in 2022, still be at this point. Some of us are mothers. Some of us are sisters. Some of us, some of us are daughters. Others. We should not, as grown-ass women, be doing this. And I said, you know what? I need to step out of the box Mm. and I think the doula works as well it combined me it put me in a box it wasn't allowing me to spread my wings and be free and reach other women not just women who are pregnant but other women who needed help so I was Mm. like you know what I need to step out of this box I need to take a moment it was a very very short moment and I was like I want to do this I want to start running cycles for women I think if we get together as women create something collectively and heal collectively then maybe we can stop this foolishness maybe Mm -hmm. we can just get together and just you know do something that could set a foundation for our daughters or even sons Mm -hmm. that we can pass on to them because i think the way society is set up now is it's set up in a way for us to keep fighting each other no one's got the time and energy for that you know we've got unhealed traumas that we are dealing with on top of fighting each other it's mm-hmm. enough is enough. So we've got to either do one, either going to fight each other or you're going to help each other heal. And that's where it kind of like, I said to myself, you know, I was struggling. I've struggled with PTSD and anxiety because of the extra shit that was coming with that doula. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't put myself in that situation. So I was like, right, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something that's going to also help myself. It's not just me reading something from a textbook. And say, so, you know, I'm going to teach this topic today. It's going to be something. I'm going to create some things that we can all do together. We can work together and help each other with self-development and self-awareness. So that's how it all just started. And it's been going since I've been going since October. So, oh, 
it's been impacting women. I mean, I'm just it's it's beautiful to see women come to the circles and crying during them. It feels like you know, you've done you've said something or you've done something so heartwarming. That's more that's that's for me, if someone's saying, Look, I didn't realise that about myself. Thank mm-hmm. you for showing sharing that with me. Thank you for helping me see that. That is more rewarding for me than you know, paying for get charging someone a thousand pounds. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're doing a word. Yeah. I 100%. think there's something so poignant about you essentially being a doula for specifically pregnant women to moving to almost like being a doula of that emotion, that experience mm-hmm. and for just mm-hmm. women in general. It's it's like you've taken your skills and transformed it into something that's just as nurturing for for a lot more more of us um, well, it it's this thing of like birthing isn't it birthing we th- we think birthing is birthing a, a baby out of your vagina but actually there are so many elements of that that we can take into the rest of our lives so like yeah. being taught how to deal with and experience and go through heal your emotions is a thing that we are not taught and this is no. a, a, <laughs> some deep 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 learning especially with women like women to get together and to create this space for each other is something that we have always 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 done and like you creating that space you having that place of safety that place of gratitude where you can be vulnerable but you're also going to be like these are the great things like mm-hmm. is I feel like one of the most important things that we can be doing to for each other right now um just creating that space teaching us mm-hmm. just te- fucking teaching us how to be with ourselves it's it's an amazing mm-hmm. gift like amazing gift I I'm coming I'm I'm I'm, I'm coming to circle like seriously I cannot wait (laughs) what's really what really kind of hit me the hardest was that hurt people that see that saying hurt people hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. that hit me hard because I could be I could potentially be one of those people that have gone through so much shit that could hurt other people and I saw it happening I saw it and I was like listen no way under my name no way under my watch am I going to ever, you know, disrespect another woman or hurt someone because I'm hurt. I have mm-hmm. to do the work. And I had to do the work. Like, in t- I had to do the work. I'm still doing the work. You're never going to stop doing the work. I have to do the work. That so was like, right, we have to help other people do the work. I mean, I, I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you. I promise you it's going to be miraculous that you're going to heal tomorrow. But it's just giving you those tools. Well, why is that so important to you? Why is it so important that you, because you you could be very selfish and just say, right, I'm not going to hurt people. That's it. End of story. Why is helping women get to that point so important for you? Because I've seen the damages it does to people Mm. mentally. And where we're talking about mental health right now, where it's a massive, massive issue. Mm. I've been hurt by a hurt person. You know, I've been hurt by a hurt person. My husband was a hurtful person. He was hurt. Mm. But he was hurting me because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And when you go to, when I went mean, to an all-girls school, you know, they we were hurting each other because we were hurt. And it was like, it's a cycle that's been continuous throughout my life. I've seen so much of it. I've seen people that you know necessarily have no problem or issue with mm-hmm. just take it out on you. 
or post, you know, recently reposting indirects about you on Instagram for no reason whatsoever. So I was like, that is important for me because I'm a mother to a daughter. Mm. You know, if I can't, you know, if I can't, if I have, if I hurt her, if I'm a hurt person, I'm hurting other people, I'm going to hurt her. I'm going to pass on all of that stuff to her. And she doesn't deserve it because she's got nothing to do with my pain. It's my problem. So it's like a lot of people have come as mothers and saying, you know, well, I've neglected myself. I need support. I need help. You know, I've got young children. I need to be able to sort myself out. Otherwise, my children are going to pick up. And I've seen other people's children picking up certain behaviors. And they say, like, at that very young age, your kid is still in that subconscious mind. But, you know, the subconscious mind is what's working right now. So later on, when they're an adult, that subconscious mind is going to come to the surface and all that trauma is going to come up to them. And it's going to be trauma that has nothing to do with them. So it's so important for me. That's why it's so important that as, as a young mum now to a young person to ta- tackle whatever it is, even within myself at a very early age before she can even, before her subconscious mind stops developing and then she becomes conscious of things. But that mm-hmm. was just, like, no, I can't put her through the pain. I Can can't I put her through Thank you for being a mother. That I'm so sorry, I have no idea where this is going from. Thank you for being a mother who's decided to clean up her own act, her own hurt, before transferring that on. Mm-hmm. Because that is such... That is such a big, big thing. I don't think you understand. I, I mean, you do understand, but it is so huge that you've been able to stop and say, I can't pass this hurt on because so many people don't do that. And then so many people are subject to the harm that causes. So you're an absolute angel. You're a living angel for picking up on that and act, not even just picking up on it, but actioning it. Thank you. See, when, women, when women get together in, in beauty and safety, like just the space it's just sometimes someone can say something just such a short little Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. but that's the part of you that has been needing to hear that that's even possible in this world you know um and i i think so many people will have needed to have heard that just like i feel I didn't even know I needed to hear that. <laughs> Clearly I did. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Big love. Big love. How old is your little girl? She's just turned four. Wow. She must be the most blessed little girl mm-hmm. on this planet. <laughs> um we often talk on this show a lot about introspection and how important introspection is. And this is why it's so important 
because you know whether you choose to have a child of your own or not whether you choose to be child free when you go out into the world you're putting out behaviors onto other people that they can possibly interject so in a way you're like the parent of everyone even if you're not a parent of a child but if you are a parent of a child then you definitely definitely have to get this level of introspection going beforehand um uh, otherwise we just create more and more you know truly upset and hurt humans and you know to some extent the universe creates this kind of balance right but i think if more of us can find within our experience this not hurting people then surely this human experience is just going to get better and better and better. And what's that's what we truly want, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's up, really, it really is up to us to break those intergenerational things. Mm-hmm. Like we are the generation that we've been blessed to be the generation to be breaking so many barriers and to really, we're lucky in this era now that we understand things like mental health. We understand what they are. We understand the impact it can have. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily something that our elders can understand because it's taboo to talk yeah. about. But we if we can understand it. So it's like things like for my daughter, I say to her like, okay, how are you feeling today? What's wrong? Um, she's like, oh, I'm feeling nervous. I'm say, I say to her, what's what's wrong? Why are you nervous? But if I was if I had followed the kind of generational way, I'd be like. Why are you nervous for? Move from yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you know about nervous? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you know about X is such a common yeah. form of sentence? What do you know about stress? You haven't seen stress. What do you know about nervous? You haven't seen nervous. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, no, we have to we have we have this teacher that listen, girl, your voice is valid as well. Mm-hmm. Your voice is valid. Wow. You are allowed to speak. You're allowed to say you feel this way. You're allowed to say, Mommy, I don't like it when you do that. You're allowed to say that to me without me getting angry and saying, listen, I'm going to just move yourself, you know, all them yeah. kind of things. I'm allowed to say, listen, okay, I'm sorry I did that to you. I'm sorry that um, mm. I, hurt your, I hurt your arm by accident. I'm sorry. You know, just little, little things like that. It makes her feel so valid. Yeah. It makes her feel happy. It makes her feel uplifted. Like, yes, I'm a human being. I'm a being acknowledged. It's like, just because she's a child, it doesn't mean that I have to brush her away. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're not... I'm not molding a human being. She's already her own self, so I'm just showing her the way and I'm showing her what I would have loved for me as a child. Mm. You know, I would have loved that, you know, instead of being violent or when you cry, you get beat even more. <laughs> you know, let her cry. You know, let her cry. Let her say, listen, I'm feeling this way. Mm. You know, it's... That must be, I mean... You say that with such ease, but as a cycle breaker, there must be moments where you're like having to like center yourself because it, it could be so easy to fly into what you've been taught. A hundred percent. Like there are times where you're like, oh no, I don't want to sound like that. I don't want to be, oh no, no, this is what I, I heard when I was a kid or this is what, you know, I experienced. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, because with our, so with our cultures, obviously, you know, the main, main thing is to be in, isn't it? Mm. You, get the, you get the belt, you get the slipper, you get the the switch, whatever. <laughs> the hands, <laughs> anything. Yeah, but it's like I learned something. Like when I do feel like I'm gonna 
I feel like I need to lash out or like she's done something that's really irritating. I'm like, right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to count. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to count and I'm going to just like talk to her about it and just have a conversation, even if she doesn't understand as much as like, you know, whatever, you know, terminologies and stuff. I just sit down mm. and speak to her about it. So sit on your lap, like, mommy loves you. Afterwards, I give her a hug, like, mommy loves you. So I love you too, mommy. And that's it. Finished. It's done. And I don't go on and on and on about things. Like when she's done something bad, I don't make her feel bad or even worse for doing something, which is what we used to do. Like when, you, when which used to happen to us, or it happened to me. Like when you do something, it's like, it goes on and on and on. Like, you know, when are you going to finish this now? You should. And you end up kissing your teeth. And then that's a whole other level. Oh, yeah, you can't. Or slamming the door, kissing your teeth or slamming your bedroom door. And then that creates a whole new fight. Oh, my God. You just slam the door. Next thing you know, (laughs) open the door now. (laughs) You see something dangling down. You're about to get it. Slamming doors in my house. Oh god! Oh my god! Okay. Don't don't give me my flashbacks. Like, seriously. No, honestly, we're giggling about this, but I think it's it's a laugh or your cry matter because some oh, of these things have really messed up our community. And you know, mm. um, I, I think there there are so many things that we'll like point to that are messing up our community, rather than going back to you know the crux of it which is this like parenting with violence essentially parenting with let's be really specific here slave breaking techniques because those weren't Mm. ours you know there was this community idea of sitting down and correcting the behavior of that person within the community without just like beating them till they comply that's Mm. a slave breaking technique Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now so many of us are having to recover from that. And it's not mm. even just recovering it from one from our parents to us. It's from their parents to them, from their parents to them. So then you've got this whole chain that's just been, you know, abusive parenting for no other reason that no one had the knowledge that this isn't the best way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is deep. It is. Because I I did sit down and think about that. I was like, yeah, it's not us. It's Mm -hmm. what came before us is what has, you know, now we have to deal with over however many hundreds of years of trauma. We have to now be the ones to break it. Like, it shouldn't have even come to that stage. But Mm. thankfully it has, that it's hopefully stopped from us. That hopefully we, we birth a new type of new generation within our children or the youngest that are following us mm. but it has been a lot Gosh, yeah. so, just now that you've uh, stopped being a doula what have you learned most about yourself now that you've I guess I don't even I don't think of you having closed that part of the journey I think you've like transmuted it <laughs> mm-hmm. it's you it, I'm sorry if I'm putting this on you but you still feel <laughs> like a dude you still feel like a doula to me you're just a doula of a different yeah a different yeah. Thing. but what what have you learned about yourself transitioning to this new part of your journey do you know what I've learned that I've learned to trust myself mm-hmm. I've learned to trust that I am capable, that I am able, that I have a gift, and that 
my work is important, what I am doing, and that I'm I'm valid. Yeah. I've learned that you know what, just because one door closes, it doesn't mean everything else closes. You can always just take elements of whatever it is that you've done and just bounce off it, and that's what I've actually done. So it's like, yeah, I've closed that doula chapter ish, yeah. but it doesn't mean that. I won't ever go back to supporting women if they ever needed the help. It just for now, I was like, right, I need to focus on me yeah. in that aspect. But I've learned that I'm. I feel like you know what? I have to give myself credit because I feel like we don't. We feel we feel ashamed to praise mm-hmm. ourselves for what we've done. Yeah. And I say, do you know what? I'm doing amazing. I am amazing. I believe it. And I know I'm not being arrogant about it, but I'm, you know what, I've been down for so many years. And I've, at this at this particular phase that I'm at now, I've never been more proud of, proud of myself than I have in my entire life. So I feel like stepping away from that, I think, gave me the tools to see myself in a different light. Mm-hmm. Gave my yeah yeah gave me that that tool to see those tools to say listen you can do something spectacular right now. You've given yourself permission to see yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yes, like I I wanted to hide behind closed doors. I wanted to be invisible. But then even when I was doing the doula work, even like on my socials, I just won't show up as much. I didn't want to show my face. But now I was like, you know what? When I'm visible, people can hear my voice. People, I can connect with people. Mm. I can hold people in a different way. And I get nice messages from people saying, oh, what you said was amazing. What you've done is this. So it's like, it's given me that ability to just see myself as a people's person. Mm. Like really believe that I am a people's person. I'm a person for the people, for the women. Yeah, Yeah, ma'am. I mean, we can feel that, yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> like, and I, I think it's really beautiful actually that you talking about this aspect of you know, doing your degree, becoming a doula, being a doula for like seven years or however long that was, you know, and committing to something. It's a big thing, and but realizing actually that you didn't want to limit yourself, and realizing that all of the work that you've done up until this point in your life, all of those skills are transfer transferable. You've learned how to be an amazing human in so many different ways. And just for like our listeners out there, I feel like sometimes with this kind of work, we get very attached to being like, okay, I've become a dealer or I've become a this or I've become a that. And this is what I do. I'm this thing and this is now my box. (laughs) And it needs to be labeled and we have to identify in this specific kind of way. But actually the reality is we're in a time of, of change and growth and all of these practices are being remembered, you know, being brought back, these things that we need. And I think to hear about you really removing those limits from yourself and creating this space where women can come and experience the same is like absolutely amazing. Seriously. For me, that's a really impactful thing to hear. Um, yeah. When's your next it's necessary. Yeah. 100%. The next one is on the 25th of, of February. So it's, okay. that's how you what it's about. Yeah. It, yes. It's about body positivity. Amazing. So yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful one about acknowledging and, and embracing your body so yeah oh I because I create the theme based on it's a it's based on kind of experiences as well 
because it's like when when you create something from experience from the heart you feel it more you mm-hmm. connect with people more so it's like when I create these things I'm like yeah I feel like this is an important topic to talk about let's do something creative with it mm-hmm. so I thought body positivity has always been on my mind and I've got a couple of shame shameful things I've said about myself and my body mm-hmm. but like let's all come together let's hear each other's stories and let's just work together and do some inner child healing mm. as well and have fun Beautiful. that's that's really good because I think so many of us especially around our age group I feel like we grew up at the tail end of the supermodel and yes. all of the uh, all of the magazines and all of the media that we saw was one very specific type of human, which is a real body. However, it's one specific type of real body, which shut out the rest. You know, if you're not the right amount of this, it, it's, it's such a weird figure. You know, you have to be the right amount of lean, but you couldn't be too chunky and you definitely couldn't be too bony because if you were if you weren't this perfect thing (laughs) then that's what you were going to get judged for you know you have to have the perfect amount of boobs to bum to body fat ratio and that's plagued so many so many of us um when in reality you know even if everyone were to be on their gym grind six days a week and you know eating the perfect diet everyone would still have a different a different shape a different size and different distributions and exactly yeah i think we get obsessed don't we start obsessing Mm -hmm. over things i was like it got to a point for me um when i had my daughter i was because i'm i'm four foot eleven i'm short so i'm very short so it was like when i had my daughter everything could be seen you could see the the, the baby's like you could see this you could see that so we brought up a whole heap of stuff from childhood for me as yeah. well from what I heard from and I heard the most vile comments you know my postpartum body and then I got to the stage where I was just so unhappy and I was just obsessing with oh I need to do this I need to lose this weight and I was like right listen hold on I stood in front of a mirror one day and I was like listen you've always had a bit of a bed that's hereditary check mm. you're four foot eleven you've always been short you're not getting any taller check embrace you've got a batty embrace you've got you've got this okay now who are you going to change for you can change for them or you're going to change for yourself mm-hmm. i said the only thing i've changed is what i eat i eat healthily but you know what when your body is designed to be a certain way it's designed to be a certain way there's no perfect body just like jay was saying there's no perfect body so i was like you know what okay i'm just gonna i just love my body like I'm happy. I'm I'm happy being a midget. I'm happy being short. <laughs> I'm happy being petite and plus size. If you were going to put a, a label to it, I'm happy being who I am. It doesn't mm. make me any less of a person. It means that you know my bum looks good in some sort, some some certain clothes. I mean, I'm, you know, I can see my curves in a certain. You know, if I wear baggy jeans, it looks good. I mean, mm. you know, mm. I was like, you know, what? Listen, it is what it is. I'm not going to obsess over my body because the more you obsess over it, you're adding extra mental health stress to yourself. Yes, like it is yes. what it is. If I lose the weight, I lose it. If I don't, then it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, this is what I want. That's why I wanted to do this theme. I wanted to share with women that listen, self acceptance is the key. Yeah. Yes. Embrace your beautiful body, baby girl. 
Mm-hmm. You are fly as you are. You know, you are hot. Don't let society tell you anything different. Don't put yourself through, you know, harmful things like waist trainers. You know, you get taught about waist trainers when you've had a baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, just you need to suck the belly fat in, use a waist trainer. That's the most dangerous thing that you could use. The most safest thing you could use is the, the, the cloth to wrap yeah. your belly. I mean, even with that, it's not going to go back fully 100%. It's just going to help with your organs going back into place. So, listen, it is what it is. Mm. You know, I don't want people beating themselves up and feeling low because of what they're seeing on the internet about their bodies. I'm picking up on something here, and I almost want to circle back around to the very beginning of what you said. Because it feels like here, with the it is what it is statement, you're practicing detachment. Mm. How, I mean, I want to drill down to this and any other tips that you have for like overall self empowerment. How would you recommend, how do you practice detachment and self empowerment outside of your circles? And what, what tips would you give to anyone who wanted to take that on board? Take control of the narrative. Mm. Tell the story the way you want to tell the story. Don't let nobody tell your story for you. And that's what I've been doing. You know, I've been taking that that control of the narrative and saying, listen, I don't care what you think, what you think or what you think. I'm going to tell the story exactly the way I want it. If you don't like it, I'm not going to edit it. I'm not going to cut anything. I'm not going to paste anything here. I'm just going to tell the story the way I want to tell it period mm-hmm. that's it that's that's how i practice self-empowerment every day i wake up i'm like you know what like we were saying before i was like fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. yeah that's it i just take control of narrative i don't listen to the voices in my head and if i do hear it i'm like what do you want to say to me what are you trying to tell me are you telling me this okay but i'm gonna do this are you telling me that i'm amazing today thank you i'm gonna listen to that are you telling me something negative i don't want to listen to that if i go on the internet and i see something i don't like it doesn't it's not it's not me that's not my mind that's not my body you're that's literally not selecting the the good feeling oh, yeah. thoughts that you want to feel for yourself mm. of course and this is what i had to do like i had to put myself in that i had to just be really strict with myself and set strict boundaries yeah. um i said i'm not going to put any walls up i'm going to set up boundaries i'm going to set up boundaries to protect myself and how i choose to respond or absorb information because I think if I keep I keep comparing myself to this time last year, but if I do compare myself to that, I was probably absorbing so much that I got overwhelmed and then anxiety and all of that stuff. But now I'm like, listen, I can go out now, not feel a sense of any panic or anxiety because I'm feeling I'm in my I'm in my own kind of I'm in my own little bubble. I'm not isolated, but I'm detached from the extra stuff. Like I'm like, no, it's not relevant now. No, and even I took control of my social medias as well by, you know, I only see a few people. I've got a few people in my favourite. Yeah. And then I've got, literally, whoever watches this podcast, you might, you don't even know, you might be muted. I've muted a whole heap of stories. I've muted mm. people's stories. I've muted people's posts. I'm like, what do you mean if it's too negative, if it uh, brings you Just down, that general, type of thing? Just in general, there's things that you see continuously, the same sort of shit that's being fed on your meet socially i'm like listen today again i'm gonna right you're muted now i don't have to see you anymore so if you post i can't see you anyway okay yeah um i love that <laughs> i like, love that 
let me just mute. I mean, it doesn't take anything away from anything. I you don't see it. You don't feel it. You go about your day and it doesn't stay there to wear anxiety and stress and tension phases in that part of the body. You won't mm-hmm. feel it. You won't be susceptible to a panic attack. You won't be angry for no reason because of somebody else's energy. So even just like I have, you know, I've set myself limits and, you know, boundaries in terms of, you know, accessing emails and stuff like that. I don't know. You know, I'm only available for certain people. Yeah. You know, I'm only available. I can literally, if you see me instantly messaging you, replying back, then you know, hundred percent, I'm available for you. Yeah. Mm. But if, if I take, if I take, if I take two days to reply to you, then boy, just know. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I've got boundaries, right? There, you know, yeah. I, I'm the same as you, babe. I'm actually completely <laughs> the same as you. <laughs> but when you start. Yourself. You have to. And when you start to live like that and make those decisions for yourself, basically, you know, to create the world you want Mm. for you to make sure that nothing that's going to trigger you is coming in. Like it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. I feel like then those are times when you can start to begin to live in in your authenticity, authenticity, you know, that word. (laughs) 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 And be yourself. And then everything feels so different. You know, that's the thing. I do a lot at the moment of doing I feel like I'm living in for other people sometimes and just, you know, but this is, these are all my things. They're nothing to do with anybody else. Like or mm. the thoughts or feelings that I'm having about anything. It is completely that it's about where is myself? Where's that bit of self-discipline that we need? Things mm. can be really, really hard. Things can destroy you, traumatize you, but there's always that place where you can come in and you can, you might need support. You, know, you might need to find a circle. You might need to find a woman who's going to be able to come and give you that love and that mothering for those moments. Mm. But, there is a way to do it. And I just like, I feel like putting this information out there into the world and letting people know that you can literally just be like, fuck it. You can mute someone. You can not answer someone back straight away. <laughs> like, you don't have to answer simple... that call to that person. You don't have to answer and that call. Say no. Say no. Say no. Like, people say to me, no, but it's hard. I'm like, listen, if it's not serving you, you need to just say no. Like, you're going to mm-hmm. offend people. People are going to get hurt. That's life. But really and truly, one that truly understands you and understands the circumstance, you will be, right, okay, fine, you might need some space today. And I feel like we don't do that enough. We don't, mm. you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. We're so quick to just kind of, oh, she's angry with me, I'm going to block her now. We're so quick to do that without realising someone might be going through something so deep that this is not available for you that day and they just have to say no. So that's another, you know, thing I to people and Another thing, like mm-hmm. with self empowerment, I say, I've been sharing this a lot with people. I've been saying, like, listen, every Thursday is, is mental health day for me. So, which means I don't do anything that day apart from if I pick up my child from the nursery, I just do that and do all the, I do the cooking the day before. Then on that Thursday, I've literally got it in my diary every Thursday. I read a book, put my phone away, it, I put it in the drawer. Once I've picked her up and she's at home, it's in the drawer. I don't um, look at my phone until maybe later on in the evening. Read a book, put a candle, do some breath work, and just relax. Like, I don't answer any emails, don't answer anything. That every Thursday, and then on Sundays, I do self-care Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I do, like, a couple of stretches, yoga here and there, nice cup of tea, light a candle, facial every Sunday is a facial day I like it's a facial mm-hmm. nose if I'm watching TV I'm watching the football and that's only when 
you know, Arsenal's playing, that's when I'm watching the TV. But apart from that, it's just me, my journal, my thoughts. That's it. Just taking time out for yourself is what I really, really emphasise, even if it's just like mm. for 30 minutes a day. Or mm. even, you know, just taking that, just put everything away. Turn all your technology off and just sit with yourself. You know, you will see so many benefits if you continue practicing that stuff on a regular basis. You see the benefits of just enjoying your own company. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I've learned to do. I've enjoyed my like I used to sit there with so many distractions, but I'm like, you know what? It, my brain goes overloaded. My brain literally was frying. It was just overloaded. I was just constantly stressed out because I wasn't taking that time out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, like, you need to put yourself first now. Go buy yourself yes. flowers if you want. Yeah. Order that takeaway if you want it. Listen, order that delivery. If you want that T-shirt, order it. Even if you're going to be, if you feel like you're going to be broke at the end of the month, listen, you're abundant, girl. Buy that T-shirt. No, but please, you know? you're saying this right. But like, <laughs> I don't have any more space in my wardrobe and I haven't worn those clothes. So you're giving like me you're this advice. Permission. I, I just want to go and shop now. <laughs> I'm waiting for, um, I'm waiting to get Jay's, um, dress hoodie dress oh my hoodie yes we're all waiting we're all waiting (laughs) (laughs) that's the next thing that's me putting that's me self-empowering and taking care of my wardrobe exactly taking care of your wardrobe is self-empowerment see how much um, see your brain and your hormones goes but do you know what it actually freaking is because you know in my my pursuit of going on the monastery path of like like the five years of being vegan and stopping wearing makeup and clearing out my clothes and not caring about my hair and wearing glasses instead of contacts and not caring about all of this after coming out the other side I realized I, I probably needed that not caring about my appearance for a bit but actually when I'm real with myself caring about my appearance is the self it's a part of my self-care Yes, it's not out of vanity. It's like I've been given this blessed vessel by God, you know, source, great expanse, whatever you choose to call. I've been given this vessel, and actually, I like taking care of it. I like adorning it, um, mm. and you know, as long as it's healthy and it, you know, you've got a healthy relationship with that feeling. I think that's perfectly acceptable but that's taken a long time to sort of that's literally taken me like flushing all of this out of my system to come to back to a place where like no I, do you know what I like clothes because I like clothes sometimes they're really artistic sometimes they feel mm-hmm. nice on my skin it's great do you not feel as like a, an artist or maybe just even as like a human person that the way that you dress <laughs> I'm a human person you are it I mean are you um <laughs> no conspiracies um but the way that you dress is like this it for me it's it's a self-expression mm-hmm. it's such actually it's such an important thing and I feel like the way that we understand fashion like all the things that we're talking about you know these fucked up beauty standards like body whatever your body's supposed to like it means that it just really takes away from that place actually this is about that I feel like we've always worn jewelry and decorated ourselves and done these amazing things, had natural makeups, all this Egyptians kind of thing. Egyptians in those caves, they have exactly. eyeliner on, you know. They have that, you know, and the, and it, and it's, and it's manifold, you know, it's, it is, I feel like it's beautiful if you can understand or that you have a connection with the gift that you've been given, that your body is a gift. 
and that there isn't space where actually you adorning it and you loving it and you expressing yourself how you want to express it and not just doing what other people are doing or trying to look like other people like that getting to that place is such a gift I mean I really don't live there but you know I can recognize I can recognize I can recognize it I don't know I think your cardigan game is on point well I feel like <laughs> honestly Aisha she has this whole collection of like do you know what can cardigans. I just explain this right because she goes on about my cardigans right <laughs> I love this them. is not really a life choice what happened is my family came over to this country right and they born me here and it's cold <laughs> and I can't adjust <laughs> so all I wear is cardigans like I have to have like 10 cardigans Silly. on to survive <laughs> the truth <laughs> like, even in the summer listen I'm still a blanket person even hey. in the summer I'm a DJ girl hey, do you have do you not just have like a collection of scarves summer it's those big shawls are coming out there can be a picnic blanket it can wrap me up I can sleep under it everything yes oh I've got those and those long I've got those extra long cardigans those thick ones that you wear listen, listen, listen I've got a problem as well <laughs> I've got a problem oh my gosh yeah. Oh. Maybe we need to do an episode just about our cardigans. I think, I, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what I love about Aisha's fashion sense is there's always like a really striking head wrap, and there's always <laughs> like graphic, like always empowering graphic jumpers. What have you got on today? So I've got a custom jumper that my friend did for me, and I said to her, "Listen, I wanted some. I don't know if you could see. I wanted some queens on there. Oh, yes, Amina, Yasentua, um, Kandake." Jinga, Makeda, Nefertiti, Moremi. You know, I wanted some. I wanted some queens on there. I was like, like listen, this is what it, what you were saying about. You know, not worrying about what you wear. It was just, I was like, no, I'm not wearing no designers. I just like custom stuff. I like things that are powerful. So I always mm. get. My, I get my friends to make me customized um, stuff. So I was like, yeah, let me just wear a queen today. I feel like a queen. Let me just rock that. That's oh, okay. oh. I want to make you something now. Yeah. I'm always happy. Bring him on, bring him on, bring him on. <laughs> I make I make different things. I make random things, but I like I feel very inspired by you. There's definitely something that I could bring into this world for you. And can I can share think? some head wraps. I've, I've always got I've got head wraps <laughs> in abundance as well. Before we came on, I said to Jay, I was like, babe, you need to teach me how to wrap my hair. Like this is a joke now. How am I not? And then you came on and I just am sitting here like, why am I not part of this club? <laughs> Gang gang. <laughs> I've always I mean. got something colourful on there. So it's like yeah, I've got I've got head wraps. I've always got head wraps. Like you don't even want to see what I've got like one of those jump those bags. You know those laundry bags. Yeah. Oh yeah. What like a gun bag? <laughs> got one of them full. I've got a drawer here full and I've got like one of those plastic boxes full. Like I've yeah. always got a head wrap. Do you ever need a head wrap? I like you, girl. I feel like this is the next stage of my spiritual evolutions. <laughs> doing a proper head wrap. It's so no, but seriously, that's a joke. It sounds like a joke, but it is the truth. I do mean that. Yeah, <laughs> I do mean it. I feel like it's it's such an important thing to be able to protect your crown and look yeah. fucking fabulous while you're doing it. Yeah. Um. And if, if you ain't brush your hair in the morning, I mean, <laughs> just a quick little wrap and then that's it. Out you go. I mean, and in the winter as well. In the winter, I need some of that support because it's just been so hard. Like, so I can't. Anyway, it's not the important <laughs> conversation to be having. But like, <laughs> this is 
do part two. We will do a fashion one part two. I think we should. I, I, I honestly think from this conversation, this understanding of adornment, I think there's a whole thing that mm. we can do on this, honestly. The gold. Yes. Yeah. The henna. Mm. Okay, you've sparked it now. You've do we need to do a circle it. together? And yeah. bring some heads and do that. Oh my gosh. <gasps> we could do, yeah, we could do, oh my gosh, I've got some stuff. I've, I've got some stuff. Yeah, we, need to, we need to chat after this. We need to chat after this. We do. I, I think um, now is, like, on that though, is as good as Listen, I'm all for it. I'm all for the sisters <laughs> coming together and doing something amazing and empowering. I'm for it. Aisha, drop yeah. where they can find you, um, what you've got next coming over the next few months, what's going on for you, where. How can we get hold of you? You can find me on Instagram at Aisha Deeply Rooted. And also I've got Linktree um, slash Aisha Deeply Rooted. So you can just find some bits and bobs that I, it might not make sense to you in my Linktree, but it's there. You can just find some bits and bobs. And my next in-person circle is on Saturday, the 25th of February, um, 2 o'clock, 2.30. It's in Stratford. So you can you can look in the link in the bio and I will tell you. So if you find you can find also the information on. Do you have anything coming up? March is yeah, March. April, that type. Oh, I'm in the process of planning something, some beautiful stuff. But I do have I do have an event booked for the 18th of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a female, you know, kind of International Women's Day yeah. sort of thing. And I've got some interesting content coming up as well on my Instagram. So it's female month, I say March is women take over. Yes. So yes, yeah, so I've got some women's stuff coming up. Yay. So excited with that. Yes. Well, listen guys, you've you've got to seek out Aisha. Um just such a phenomenal woman to know, to follow, to get involved with what she's doing. Like please reach out to her she's just I mean as you've heard today fabulous and mm-hmm. it's, you're one of these people I should I can't even remember when we first started talking because I now feel like you've just you just always existed when did we start talking <laughs> you can't tell me can you no <laughs> 2021 was it was it actually <laughs> or 2022 I don't know no, there we go. It feels like a like, like you said, it feels like a lifetime ago. You've you just always existed in my world, and yeah, oh, that's the story I'm yeah, sticking like, to. Yeah, like you just merged with someone. Sorry, I'm just so crazy. You just merged soulmates, with babe. Soulmates. This is it. I go on your hunt to find your soulmate peers. You know, yeah. like these people who are going to make you feel like this. Because every time she talks about you, Aisha, like I feel like I know you, and I'm sitting here like I've never met this woman before. I've just seen <laughs> you part Instagram. of my family now. You're part of my family now, because like I'm, I'm embracing you as well. So you're part of me. So if I call you, if I call you, are you going to answer the phone? Yeah. I'm calling oh, you on yes. Thursday. A hundred, a hundred. Listen, anything for you, I will answer. Oh, my darling. Oh, I love this so much. I'm picking up. You might find me reading the book about something, and I'll just tell you about the book. But yeah, I will answer. That's fine. This is my favorite thing to talk about. Anyway, all right, let's wrap up because if we don't, it will just keep going forever. (laughs) I guess now is as good a time as any. if not unfortunately, to bring this um, episode to a close. 
um we've absolutely loved having you here today Aisha thank you so much for just mm. coming in sharing your story being so heartfelt and you just need it with your heart and that's lovely so thank you I've been Jay Percy and I'm Nicola Roth and thank you so much Aisha we'll see you next week guys thank you for having me thank you big love thank you Thank you, beautiful being of the multiverse, for joining us on the Afro Animist podcast. If you want to get stuck into the conversation or have a question about anything we speak about here, join our mailing list and find us on our socials. On TikTok and Instagram, find us at the Afro Animist podcast. On Twitter, you can find us at Afro Animist. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music, you can also find this talk on YouTube. Just search for us and we'll pop up as if by magic. If you're loving what we're talking about here, share, like and subscribe. And remember to leave us a thumbs up or five star rating on your favourite platform. 